0: Good morning. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Come on now, church. Come on. Wave your hand if you don't really care. (laughs) Oh, come on. (laughs) Well, today is, anyway, how's everybody doing? We Welcome all our campuses out there. Oahu, everyone say what's up, Oahu. We got City Heights, we got Chula Vista, we got East County and San Marcos. Give all the people a big hand out there. God bless y'all. Uh, is, today is Super Bowl Sunday, so Super Bowl is the, is the championship of the NFL football teams that they play once a year and that's happening today and the Kansas City Chiefs are playing the, uh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles. So how many of y'all got the Eagles? How many of y'all got the Chiefs? How many of y'all don't care? I'm in the wrong church, I'm in the wrong church. I don't know how y'all cannot be excited today. Come on now, come on now. <laughs> Anyway, it's, it's, it's great to be here, I'm, I'm excited, Bye-bye. my name is Miles. and welcome to Rock Church. If you are a visitor here for the first time, uh, just say scream. <laughs> God bless y'all, God bless y'all, let's, get let's give my visitor a big hand, God bless y'all. Um, I'm excited about what we're going to talk about today, it's going to encourage you but also challenge you, how many of y'all want to be challenged? Very good. How many of you do not want to be challenged? You're in the wrong place. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. And we pray you bless the word. I pray you speak to us, challenge us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, turn to the person next to you and say, you need to be ready to be challenged. Be ready to be challenged. Uh, Turn to Mark chapter 1, verse 40. Mark 1, verse 40. And as we we get ready, I saw a movie the other day, Jesus Revolution, and it is absolutely incredible. Um, It's coming out, I believe, in a week, two weeks or so. Um, So uh, I would encourage all of you not only to watch it, but to bring somebody to it. Um, I came out of Horizon Christian Fellowship, Mike McIntosh was a pastor and he actually was saved in the, in that era. Uh, for, and so we're kind of down live from, it's, it's, it's hippies back in the in the Jesus movement, hippie days, and so we ain't really that flow. But it came by the time I got saved in, in 84, 20 something years later. That's how I, I got uh, discipled and, and came out of that church. So it, it's a, it was r- cool for me to see the history from way back in the, back in the day I've heard a lot of stories about. Um, uh, let's pray again, Lord, bless us, speak to us, um, Lord, I pray that as we, uh, what we're talking about today, that you would encourage us to focus on the people in our lives, that we would really look outside of ourself and realize there's so much going on other than our own self-interest, in Jesus' name, Amen. Um, how many of y'all been to London? Anybody been to London before? Uh, if you never been, raise your hand, a lot of people have been to London. Okay, if you've never been to, matter of fact, if you've never been outside the country, you should just go. Yes. Even if it's not vacation, it, you know, just buy a ticket. I mean, plan. Don't just you know fly. But, but I, I can't encourage you enough to travel outside the country. Actually, there's advisory not to go to Mexico. So that, I'm not talking about going there because it's very dangerous right now. Especially TJ. But go outside the country as much as you can. It will help you get perspective. And go to airports like Heathrow Airport in in London, which is massive, massive, massive. And you go there and you see the world. You know, just being in the airport will change your life. But if you're a cab driver in London, they have a uh, a, a four-year, three-to-four-year training process to be a cab driver in London. It's called the knowledge, which is called the test. And it's really the knowledge of London. And I'm going to read some stats to you about this. It, 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 you, you learn 320 basic routes, two, 25,000 streets, and 20,000 landmarks that you have to learn and know like this. And it takes about four, three to four years to learn. How all the routes to be a cab driver is very expensive, so when you go there, all the cabbies look like those old cars, they're they're really cool cars, but it takes a lot of money to be a cab driver, and they're very, very well trained. And what they did is they studied the brains of the cab drivers. They were doing a study on brains and neuroplasticity, neuroplasticity, neurological plasticity, plastic, that your brain can actually grow that your brain is, has plasticity. In other words, when you reuse your brain to do something over and over again, you hardwire your brain physically to actually function in certain ways, and it actually grows. And so when they, when they studied the brains of these cab drivers from before, when they first started the test and training to learn the route to be a cab driver in London to the four years later, they realized that their posterior hippocampus, Come on now, that's a that's a that's a, that's a You got, you got to give me an amen on that one. That's a, man, I've been practicing that term all night, brother. brother. Their posterior hippocampus. In other words, there's a part of your brain called the hippocampus, and the back of it is what, what uh, is where you do spatial learning, where you where you can do mapping. So, in other words, if you can close your eyes and, and imagine you know, the city wherever you're in San Diego or wherever you, you can, you know, know south, north, east, west, and so you have spatial learning in your brain, that part of the brain. So when these guys will, and ladies will learn how to be a cab driver, that part of their brain actually grew. So the more you use your brain to do something that you want it to do, it will grow. And it will give you a higher c- capacity to do that skill. If you focus on negativity day in and day out, your ability to be negative will grow. Amen. <laughs> You will be more depressed. You have more anxiety in your life. You have more uncertainty in your life. And so if you think about that over and over again, your brain will say, well, if that's what you're telling me to do, I will learn to do it and I will hardwire your brain so it gives you a higher capacity to do it. If you, if you think about positivity and you're gr- grateful and thankful, your, your brain will actually hardwire itself to be, be more positive. Your self-esteem will actually go up. You could actually change the capacity and the ability and size of your brain by what you focus on. <laughs> you, 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 you can pray all day long, but if you're thinking about how negative you are and how ugly you are, you ain't going to change. <laughs> the Bible says, that as a man or a woman thinks, so is he. As you think over and over again, it's repetition. Now, we started this series a few weeks ago on the values of the church. The first message was Jesus is our focus, our message. Jesus is our message at this church. Worship is our posture. Love is our motivation. Today we're going to talk about people are our focus. Now, you say, well, isn't the Bible our focus, isn't God our focus? Yes, there's a lot of things we focus on. All of it's a, a form of focus, but we just worded it this way. People are our focus. Everyone say, people are our focus. When you come to church, when you get up out of bed, when you, when you walk to work, when you go to school, when you go to wherever you go, understand that God through you is looking who he can minister to through you. But if your brain is programmed to think about only the person in the mirror, you'll miss everybody else. So if you, my, my, my encouragement to you is not only think about your brain, but think about what are you focusing on every single day? When Jesus came to earth, his focus was to, he had 33 years to get something done, to die for you and me. That was his focus. Of course, he was doing it out of obedience to the, to the Father, but his focus was, I'm going to, I am going to uh, finish the mission that I was sent to finish, and that was to redeem and give us all the opportunity to be saved. And I'm gonna die on the cross, and no matter what how painful it is, no matter how many people stabbed me in the back, which his disciples did, his the own people he was dying for, his own people said, crucify him. And he had never, never sinned. Look what the Bible says in Luke chapter 4. Look what the Bible says. The Bible says this this is Jesus speaking in, in the synagogue. The Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Father has anointed me to preach the gospel to people, poor people. He has sent me to heal brokenhearted people, to proclaim liberty to, to the captives people, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. People to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus came for us. That's I was I was and I'm gonna I'm, I'm I told myself I wasn't gonna tell this story because I wanted to do an illustration, but I'm gonna tell it again because when you when I do the illustration uh, uh, with 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 objects. It's going to even be more incredible. But I was, I was, I was, I met a, a, a astronaut, a guy who went uh, up in the space shuttle to the space station about three weeks ago. And I was, I, I was at the King event. And I was receiving an award, and he spoke. And he was, he's a he's a, meta, a, a chemist from MIT, and then he's a doctor from Harvard, and his wife's a doctor from Harvard. And I'm like, I don't know where you, what kind of brain cells you got. And then he goes up in a space shuttle. I'm like, "What else you can you know, what else you going to do?" He went up in a space shuttle and he's up there 14 days was in the in the thing and he was talking about how big the universe is and how there are hundreds of billions of stars in our galaxy. And there are hundreds of millions of galaxies that all have billions of stars in them. And that the universe is expanding at the speed of light, which is 186,000 miles per second. And, and, and they think that the universe, some they, scientists who know way more than me and you and all of us, um, are, that they think that some think that the universe is expanding faster than the speed of light, which I didn't know anything could move faster than the speed of light other than darkness running away. So they think that the universe is expanding. So he showed a picture, it was like a, a, a black sheet with all these little dots. And he said, These are billions of galaxies, and each one of those galaxies have billions of stars. We're only in the Milky Way galaxy. So we're in one of billions of galaxies, and we have billions of stars, and in this Vast array of all these galaxies that have billions of stars in it. This one little tiny dot is the, the earth. Is the earth. And I was like, how awesome that God would have come from outside of all of that Amen. and come to this little tiny dot and die for us. Come on, come on. Look at the Bible, look at the Bible, look at what the Bible says. In, in, in the Bible says in, in uh, um, Mark chapter 2, it says, When Jesus heard it, he said, Jesus was hanging out with sinners and they accused him. Why are you hanging out with sinners? He's, he says, Those who are well have no need of a physician. If, you're, if your stuff don't stink, how many stuff don't stink? How many got no body odor in your, in your life? None of that. How, how, okay, we all got stanky stank. Can I get an amen? So he said, listen, it, 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 those who will have no problems, I didn't come for you. How many, of y'all got, how many of y'all got stuff in your life? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. You don't go to the hospital and see a bunch of well people. You go to the hospital, sick, 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 sick. There's no wing at the hospital for well people. Yeah, just come over here. Everybody over here is just doing really good. These are, these are all my health. They, they ain't in the hospital. Okay. They, they, those well people aren't in church. And so it says, he just says, I didn't come for those. They don't need a physician. But those who are sick, can I get an amen for sick people? This is what Jesus came for. So Jesus says, I'm going to come into this huge universe, this one little tiny speck, because there are people that the Father and I created in our image that are estranged from us, that we need to redeem. That's you and me. That's you and me. Say, people are our focus. I can't encourage you enough that your brain, your heart, your passion will be saying, Lord, show me the people that you care for that are in my life. Start with yourself, but don't stop with yourself. We, pride is it's all about the person in the mirror, but it's not. It's about the people God brings into your life that, that are having a hard time that God has given you something to help them with. And that as a church and all of our campuses, the reason we have campuses around San Diego and Hawaii is for the people in the church that, and the people in the community where the church is. That's why. And three things we want to talk about today real quick. Three things. Number one, we're going to focus on connecting people to God's love. Very simple. Say God's love. We got to connect people to God's love. We're not trying to get people into an institution. We got to connect people with God's love. How many of y'all have been transformed by God's love? Amen. We're being transformed by God's love. Number two, we're going to connect people to God's family. Uh, yes, God can change you, but I need people. I need people in my life. Why? People are going to hold me accountable. People, I'm going to hold. God's going to use me to hold people accountable. And Zion sharpens Zion. So another man, another woman sharpens another man, another woman. We need each other, because some of y'all are having a hard time. I promise you, there's people sitting right near you that have been. They, they've been where you are. They're one step ahead, and they're the person that you need to hear tell you you're going to be okay. I was talking to a pastor just yesterday, and he's struggling with something, and he's a young pastor, and I was like, bro, all you got to do is do this. He's like, change my life. Because people did that for me. I could do that for him. That's why we need each other. We need to connect people to God's family. And if you could be that person and look around your job, there's people at your job who are hitting their head up against the wall because they don't know, they don't have answers with the resources they have, and one of the resources they don't have is the Spirit of God. Is the word of God. It's the love of God. Number three, number three, we're to connect people to God's purpose. God has a purpose for you. I read, a, I read a, a study the other day that if you live with purpose, you will live seven years longer. That means if you have no purpose, you will die seven years sooner. And that death will be an unfulfilled death. You have nothing to live for. You have nothing to live for, but if you have purpose, oh my gosh, not only will you live longer, you will live better. Because when you have purpose, you're like, I can't wait to get up, I'm gonna go to sleep, I'm gonna get a good night's sleep, I'm gonna get up. And, and, and matter of fact, for all of y'all who work out in the morning, <laughs> come on now, come on now. Well, you, you go to bed, you get your, I don't know what y'all do, but I'm, I would imagine, you, get, you, know, you know what time you're getting up, you know what you're going to, where you're going to work out, what the workout's going to be, you got your gym clothes there, whatever it is, and you're ready to go. But if you, walk, if you wake up and just go, I don't know what to do today, ooh, you're bad, just, Imagine your whole life, Oh, will just see what happens today. Oh no, I'm making something happen today. I'm making something happen. So you have to have purpose. God has a purpose. For every single one of you. And I promise you, it's better than the purpose, any purpose you can concoct in your mind. We we got ideas, great, great your ideas. Take your idea and say, God, I'm giving my ideas to you. Can you help refine it, clarify? He goes, He might say, Oh, that's pretty good. Just adjust it a little bit, like here. Or He might say, You're like, You're going to Alaska. I'm trying to get you to Hawaii. So let me, change, let me change this whole program, but here's the thing, when you realize God's purpose for your life, it changed your life. And nobody that I have ever met in my life have ever lived God's purpose and, and said, uh, this is what God wants me to do, but I don't like it. I never heard that. Now, I have heard... I'm doing what God wants me to do, and it's hard, but I'm getting through it. And I've heard that. Why? Because God is definitely going to send you through brick walls because it's a spiritual battle. It's not like, oh, he's going to put me out and it's going to be no problems. I'm going to have a bunch of success and everything's going to be easy. Oh, heck no. Why? Because you have an enemy called the devil. Because if you're not, if you're not experiencing God's love, you're experiencing the devil's hate. <laughs> if you're not with God's people, you're with devil's people. I'm telling you, if you, if you ever question whether there was a devil, did you see the Grammys? Oh, you need to watch the Grammys then, okay? Let's read the story. Yes, there was a thing in the Grammys that was pretty pretty satanic. Look Mark chapter 1, verse 40. Look what it says. Leprosy. Everyone say leprosy. In this story, a leper is gonna to come to Jesus and ask to be healed. Leprosy was a disease where you would lose feeling in your fingers and toes, you would get paralysis, you can go blind. It was very contagious. You would get red patches on your skin, white patches on your skin. And in Jesus' day, there was no cure. And if you had a leprosy, because it was very contagious, you had to tell people you had leprosy by saying unclean. Everyone would say unclean. And you would get these nodules on your vocal cords. And like that, unclean, unclean. And, and you had to stay six feet away. That was the theory, six feet, Ironic. <laughs> sounds like something I heard <laughs> at the airport, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the Bible's ahead of the CDC, okay, you got to stay six feet away, <laughs> I'm just saying. And if the wind was blowing, you had to stay 30 feet away because leper's cooties could fly off you and get on somebody else. So the CDC didn't compensate for wind, but that's another story. So, so lepers would come, unclean, oh, unclean. They lived together because they, 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 were, they were separated from people. You couldn't go to synagogue. You couldn't hang out with your family. You were completely ostracized. No one would touch a leper. You couldn't go near a leper. So this leper, leper comes up to Jesus. Unclean, and he's going to ask to be healed. Look what it's going to say. It says, now a leper came to him begging or imploring him, kneeling down to him, saying, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Everyone say this. Say this with me out loud. Say, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Clean meant healthy, healed. So I want to say it again. I want you to think about your leprosy. What is it about you that makes you unclean? You don't need to tell us, just think about it. Your perception, your mind, your thoughts, you may, have a, you may have a disease, an illness, you may have emotional anxiety, depression, whatever it is, you may have a low self-esteem, whatever it is, but it's something that makes you unclean, unperfect. That's something you want God to heal. So I want you to think about that, and I don't want to just say this, I want to just say this one more time. Say, if you are, if you are willing, we're talking to Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, we're going to say it, but we're going to declare it because he can do that. God is a healer. He does do that. So say, Jesus, you are, if you are willing, I know you can make me clean. Let's say it one more time. Say, Jesus, if you are willing, I know you can make me clean. I am willing to receive your healing. Say it out loud. I am willing to receive your healing. Now, if you're not saying it and nothing happens to you, don't blame anybody but yourself. I'm not going to say that. Well, then, God didn't do nothing for me. Well, you didn't do anything. How would you get a job? You didn't apply. The girl didn't go out with you. You never asked her. You didn't brush your teeth. You didn't comb your hair. You should have went to to the Zara and got a suit. I mean, you got to do something. So let's say this one more time. Jesus, Jesus. if you are willing, you you can make me clean. clean. Jesus, I believe believe. that you you can make me clean, that you can heal me. Okay, no one can do that now at that time. It was impossible. Imposible. It was impossible. But the leper had faith. He had more faith than the religious leaders who had all Bible knowledge. The Bible knowledge is not what is a requirement. What's a requirement is faith. Because you can have Bible knowledge and not have faith. The religious leaders had education. And I'm not saying if you're a religious leader, you don't have faith. It takes both. But at least you have to have faith. And so the religious leaders, they, they, they didn't have faith. This guy says, all I know is I've heard you've healed other people and I don't have nowhere else to go. And look what it says. It says, then Jesus moved with compassion. Why? Because his focus was people. Because he had a heart connection to people. He can feel your pain. Matter of fact, it was a lady who came up to him and touched the edge of his garment when she had a a, a, a monthly blood flow that bled for 12 years. She bled for 12 years. And the Bible says he didn't see her. He felt faith. He felt power being accessed by faith. That's how sensitive he is to you. He was moving compassion. Pity looks down. Compassion gets down. So he said, I'm getting down. I feel where you're at. And it says he stretched out his hand and he touched the leper. He didn't say, whoa, whoa, go ahead. Here, go, 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 go. He said, no, 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 I'm going to touch. The people in your life need a touch from God. They don't, need to, they, only, they don't only need to hear about them. They need a touch from God. They need a touch, they need a touch from the presence of God. And the only way that they're going to get a touch from the presence of God, I shouldn't say the only way. One of the ways is that you're going to carry that presence into their presence. And you're going to pray for them. You're going to encourage them. And it says, he touched him, and he said to him, I am willing. Be cleansed. And look what happened. As soon as he had spoken, immediately, I'm to say immediately. In the book of Mark, the word immediately is used 42 times. It's like this. Just read the book. It's only 16 chapters. 42 times. Boom. Almost three times a chapter. Immediately, 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 immediately. Because God is about doing something right now. He's about, he's on time. Immediately the leprosy left him. And he was cleansed. So he went from, oh, oh hey, what's up? <laughs> I, I wasn't there. But it says immediately. And then look what it says. Then Jesus warned him to, and sent them away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone. When Jesus healed people. He would tell them, don't tell anybody when he, most of the time. When he cast out demons, he would tell the demons, don't tell anybody. When, he, when, when Peter confessed that he was Lord Messiah, he said, don't tell anybody. When Jesus came down from the mountain of uh, uh, Transfiguration, when Peter, James and John saw Moses and Elijah with Jesus supernaturally, he said, don't tell anybody until after I rise from the dead. Why do he keep telling that people? Because they were expecting a Messiah to overthrow the government. He said, you need to, don't, I don't want you to tell people your version of who I am yet because you don't know enough yet. And you may poison people's minds about who I really am. So just keep it to yourself. Now, I just want you to thought that we'll come back to that point in a minute. But here's what he told the guy, don't tell anybody. He says, but he, here's what you do do. Go, show your, go your way and show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony. In other words, go to the priest and say, I was a leper and I'm going to offer the offering of a, of a healed leper so me and you are good. Because that's what Moses said. Because he knew the religious people needed him to testify to Moses and the proper healing process, he knew they were going to accept it was a miracle. We'll get back to why that's important in a minute. Next verse. Then it says, however, he went out and began to proclaim it freely, saying, I got healed by Jesus, I got healed by Jesus. (laughs) And to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city. That's the problem. So I want to be able to move around and heal people, and I want to be able to do this. But if you tell people, they're going to go, they're going to lose their minds, and they're going to be distracted. Number one, connect people to God's love. There are people in your life that are leprous, but it's not actually leprosy. They got emotional problems, they got, they're mad at God, they're addicted, they're depressed, they're lonely, and they just need God to reach out and touch them. The only problem is God's in heaven, Jesus is in heaven next to the Father praying for you and me. And the only hands he has are yours. We need to, t- we need to pray for those people. I was talking to someone the other day, and they said that they heard that I said that a certain group of people, because of their lifestyle, have no place in the church. And and by the way, they said, I said this like 20-something years ago. Which is complete the opposite of my heart. And there is no group, everyone say no group. No group. Say no group that doesn't belong in the church. Your addiction, your lifestyle, your perception, what you look online, how you live your life. The only people I could say that probably shouldn't be here are the people who are prohibited by law because they shouldn't be around kids because of their, their molesters. But other than that, everybody, can I say everybody? Everybody is welcome. And every person, yes, let's give a little hand to that. Everybody's welcome. Say everybody. Say everybody. I want you to think about this. Every person, including the person speaking to you, when we walk through the doors of the church, we are walking, doing everything in our life imperfectly. There is nothing we do perfectly other than sin. Our diet's imperfect. Can I get amen? Our self-perception is perfect. Can I get amen? Uh, 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 <laughs> amen. amen. <laughs> We're not perfect sons, we're not perfect daughters, we're not perfect brothers, we're not perfect sisters, we're not perfect employees, we're not perfect leaders, we're not perfect followers, we're not perfect, uh, 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 uh. We, don't, we don't even sleep perfectly. I, I, was, I was listening to someone on Instagram the other day and the guy said, he got hurt in his sleep. <laughs> he got injured while he said, I can't even sleep right. He's not even in a shape enough to go to sleep. We do everything imperfectly. Does that mean you're a bad person? No, it means you're a person. And when you walk through the door and you come to the altar, come to the presence of God, you are bringing all your imperfections to say, God, can you love me into be more like you? That is the purpose we are here. So nobody is not welcome. Can I get an amen? So therefore, therefore, when you see people that you notice an imperfection, at least in your imperfect perception. Okay. Don't remember Matthew chapter 70, you You're looking at the speck in your brother's eye, but you got a forest growing on your face. <laughs> We're all here for the same reason. I had a guy. He's a, um, he just got out of drug rehab, and he said something to me that was so profound. He said, "You know what? You're just like me, except you're just a few steps ahead." I was like, man, that is so true. He just got out of rehab. I did drugs back in the day. I've been clean a little longer than him. And that was how he put it. We are all here in the presence of God saying all of us are imperfect and Lord, can you just love us into perfection at some point when we go to heaven. But can can you love us to be more like you a little more today? Now, that's gonna require us to look at people and say, how can I help you? How can I help you? How can I help you? Even if it's only for a word of encouragement, even if it's only inviting someone to church. Look at number two in your notes, look at number two. Connect people to God's family, grow in community. Um, (laughs) We can't do it without each other. Probably the most powerful thing that happened to me when I got saved is I got into a a group. We have small groups here. You can go to our, our website and sign up for a small group. To get in a group of people that are going to love you. Look at what the Bible says in Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark, what we just read. I want to read this again to you. What he told the leper to do. See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to your priest and offer for your cleansing the things which Moses commanded as a testimony. The reason that Jesus told the leper to go to the priest, because he was a documented leper, If he didn't go to the priest and comply with what the law said about being cleansed as a leper, he would not be documented to be, he would not be allowed to be entered back into society. He couldn't go to synagogue, you're a leper. You couldn't go to people's houses, you're a leper. Anything you touch is unclean so no one wants to be around you. But if the priest could say, you are clean, now he could be re-entered into society. What God wants to do for all of you, is he wants to re, he wants to introduce you and include you in the family of God, so you can be included and, and be accepted as God has cleansed you, or He's cleansing you, and He wants to connect you with people who can encourage you in the faith. Sometimes when you meet people and they say, "Hey, hey, can I encourage you?" What kind of encouragement are you going to give me? I want I want Bible encouragement, ladies. All your ladies who don't have a man in your life, all the ladies say hey. hey. All, all the ladies don't don't say hey if you don't have a man in your life. Just because I don't want to rat you out. But if you got a man in your life, and, and you're trying to and you're trying to find some man in your life, please, please don't get some guy that just says he goes to church. And don't get a guy who says, oh, "I go to the rock." Okay. So and <laughs> ask him to pray for you. Amen. Right there. Here's, here, here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. He said, hey, "Hey, hey, big fella. Hey, big, 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 sexy fella." Look at here. Look me in the eye. Yeah, okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah, you got me pray right now. Now. If that brother, if that brother starts to say, you know, now nah, I lay me down to sleep, I pray my Lord and so I'm not saying don't go out with him, but I'm saying uh, but but I am saying Is he going to be able to encourage you spiritually? Is he going to love you like God wants you to be loved? Is he going to value you like God wants you to be valued? I'm not saying don't go out with him. But what you can say is, you know, we may need to go to church. We may need to start reading the Bible. We may need some other couples in our life that are a little ahead of us to teach us how to do this. My wife and I, we met, we were not Christian. We did all the stuff that we did. We got saved. (laughs) When we got saved, literally, I said, we can't do this anymore. So we stopped. We got married real quick. We got saved and we got couples in our life to mentor us in how to do it right. You need God's family. So you say, I don't need to go to church. Yeah, you do. You you may be sitting at home by yourself. Who are you talking to? Who's encouraging you? Who's challenging you? Who's praying for you? Who's teaching you? And it's not only church Sunday morning sitting in the seat, it's the family, small group during the week. People encouraging you, praying for you at work. So, number three connect people to God's purpose. I want you to, I want to read the end of this passage, Mark chapter 1 verse 40-45. Look what it says. You need God's purpose. This is what the guy got the guy was told by Jesus, don't tell anybody. So what does he do? He went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer open, openly into the city. Now, what does that mean? To me that means that I just met Jesus. I can't not tell people. A lot of y'all claim, and I don't know any of y'all, so I'm just saying you claim to know Jesus, but you never talk about him. You claim to know all this about the Bible, and you can criticize that pastor and criticize that Christian, but just you never talk about God's love. People that you know never heard the gospel out of your mouth. Yet we're talking about. Your Savior, the one that's going to save you from hell and get you to heaven, the most, the most important thing news in your world, you know that. I can give you a billion dollars that ain't going to help you pass the grave. And one of the things you saw about when DeMar Hamlin had a heart cardiac arrest on the football field four weeks ago on the Monday Night Football, whatever that was, and all these multi-millionaire football players understood on the moment our money cannot help us right now. The NFL cannot help us right now. We have to bow our knee and pray, which is exactly what they did. So, if that is your, if that is yoga and you don't talk about them, how could I stop you from talking about them? When I met my wife, I was like telling everybody, I met this high light skin, highlight, high yellow sister, oh, she's so fun, I can't yoga, blah, 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 blah. It's like, it's like you cannot say it. We had, we had uh, evangelism, ev- evangelism training last year about uh, three weeks ago. We had about 1,000 people come here to, to get trained to share their faith. And if you sign up for an evangelist, check your email because we're having a training in two Saturdays from now. But people, we have to tell people. Now, your purpose in the kingdom is more than that. Some of you are going to you know, have different vocations that God wants you to fulfill jobs and ministry in that job. But at the end, the least... In the least that you can, to the people sitting next to you at work, in school, the other parents on your kids' soccer team, that you can say, hey, look, in so many words, I got to tell you the most exciting thing in my life is I know Jesus, and I just want to share it with you. And if you don't do that, then I, and, and I really mean this, if you're not, sharing and feel a desire and hunger to, to help people with the gospel, you have to ask yourself, do you really know him? Now, you may know about him, and maybe you pray to pray. I get it. But I want to read something to you. In Second Corinthians 5.20, it says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us. God is pleading. There are people that God brings into your life and he's, please tell them, please tell them about me. Please tell them, please please pray for them, please encourage them. And we go, hey, hey, uh, pray for you. I was, I, my wife and I were at the restaurant the other day and the lady who owns the restaurant, she, I, I met her once, I didn't really know, but she waved. At me and I said, well, let's go over and talk to her. She, and we started talking to her and I said, and she's, she's um, I said, how can we pray for you? She's old, older than us. And she said, oh, let's pray for my health.' I said, let me pray right now. Oh, she's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, <sighs> right now. Well, I don't know how to do that. Mm. We ambassadors, as though God is pleading through us. What's the next part? We beg you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. In a minute we're going to pray. Some of y'all want to be connected to God's love. We want to help you do that. Some of y'all want to be connected to God's family. We want to help you do that. Some of y'all want to be connected to God's purpose. We have a life class to help you understand your purpose. But please don't. Just sit, listen every other week. Be entertained and go home. There is so much more God has for you. And so we're going to pray here in a minute. We're going to give you opportunity on all the campuses to say, I, I, I want more. I want to be like that, that leper. I know, I know he's willing to heal me. Let's all bow our heads and pray. Lord, thank you so much for healing the leper. Thank you for your love for us. As you sit in your seat, if you, are, you realize that God loves you, He's willing to heal you, He's willing to encourage you, He's willing to forgive you, He's willing to give you purpose and clarity, in a minute I'm going to ask you to pray with me. But I want to challenge all of us to be focused on the people in our life, be focused on what God wants you to say to them Encourage them, do for them, that they may understand who he is. But if you would like to, like the leper, be healed, touched by God, just pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I believe you are willing to cleanse me, to encourage me, to love me to restore me to a right relationship with You. I surrender my life to You, God. I surrender my heart to You. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead for me. Jesus, please forgive me. I need a touch from the Father. Thank you, God. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand. It's time for you, like the leper, to receive what God has for you, and then go tell somebody. So if you prayed that prayer, on a count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand up. One, two, three. Stand to your feet if you prayed that prayer. God bless you. 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 God bless you.